Hey everybody, on today's Locked On Bama, we're going to talk recruiting like we always do. In fact, Alabama got a surprise commitment, and by surprise, I mean surprise, we have no idea who this was, but we're going to talk about him and a lot of other things on Locked On Bama today, so stick with us. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, when people listen to this, it'll be the furthest you can be from having another Mother's Day, but okay. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day in 364 days. Happy Mother's uh, Day to all you mother frick. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Good way to stop yourself. Um, all right. <laughs> Guys, it is very rare. If you've watched this program or listened to this program or ever met Jimmy or me or anybody that knows us, it's very rare that Alabama gets a commitment and we go, Alabama got a commitment from who now? Oh. And uh, that's exactly what just happened on Friday. And uh, we have not done a podcast since then. So, Jimmy, I think we should talk about this young man from a junior college who uh, has committed to Alabama. Yeah, I can't even describe how surprising it is. I mean, a little inside baseball here. I mean, at all three, we can sort of it, – it doesn't happen in every case, or I would even say in a certain percentage, but many, many, many times we sort of have a heads up, you know, a few days in advance uh, through, through whatever source we have, uh, you know, in terms of, hey, we, we need to be prepared. So we have a bunch of stuff to, ready to run. So when the – Commitment happens, you guys can read about it immediately. And, and it's not like a commitment happens. So we all have to run to our laptops and write stuff. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, it's it's ready to go. Uh, that, that, that's, that's how unsurprising some of it is to uh, to the media. And then we have situations like this where I am, to be honest, uh, when I first heard of it and I was so shocked. And of course, I, did, I had to go Google because I'm like, who, who the hell is Miles Kitzelman? And I'm Googling and not even really finding stuff to prove who he is. And, uh, you know, my advice to to my my buddies with, with my network at first was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Before we just run off half cock saying, hey, here's our new player and he's a scholarship kid, no different than Bryce Young and Will Anderson. We, we need to dot some I's and cross some T's here because this just doesn't sound right. But, but we did. We made our calls, talked to various sources and 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 after a while we were able to determine that this was for real this is this is a real story not an exaggeration so uh so and so then we ran with it and since that time i've been able to learn more that makes me i don't know about excited that's a stretch uh though i can be quite optimistic about things uh considering his lack of recruiting buzz i'm uh, higher on him than you would guess a after learning you know a, a lot about him i don't even know if this joke works in the me too movement era but this sounds like the recruiting equivalent of at 10 she's a two at two she's a 10. that's what it seems like um it, it really was i mean it seems like we needed a body who was not a cadaver and um, we needed somebody to play the tight end position, which isn't easy. I mean, tight end is is tougher than people think, especially in Alabama's uh, system where it's like 
you know, now a lot of tight ends are just out there catching, uh, you know, all these acrobatic catches and whatever. But we need dudes to block too. Right. And um, so we kind of need a combo guy that's that's at least on the hoof looks like some of our other really athletic badasses. So you know, I, I don't well, know. I just Jimmy, I gotta say, if this had happened, if if Auburn had taken this guy's commitment. If Tennessee had taken this guy's commitment, and I'm not trying to kill him. I don't know nothing about him. I'm just saying that if some other rival program had taken his commitment, I think everybody would be going. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, and that's why, you know, part of this frustrates me because I think if Auburn or Tennessee or LSU had taken this exact same kid under these exact same circumstances – Alabama fans would be mocking them. They they would. I mean, I know they'd be mocking it, you know, doing the ha ha and and this is all you can get. But instead, the kids going to Alabama. So those same fans are like, this guy must be something else, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of that kind of hypocrisy. I mean, the kid is what he is. Uh, he he was probably going to go to Louisiana Lafayette if if it wasn't Alabama, or or return to junior college to give power five football a, a, a chance after another season at Hutch. So uh, on the one hand, I, I, I admit uh, or agree, this is the most lightly recruited player we have signed under Nick Saban, period. I'm talking about, Luke, the whole 16 years. You can't find another kid as lightly recruited as this one that, that accepted a scholarship offered Alabama. You can't go ahead and look. You won't find it. Because I already tried. Uh, the, the only one that's close, and I'm sorry to cut you off, the only one that's close is the dude who tried to commit to Alabama because he misunderstood and didn't have a commitment. And remember, he had this big signing day thing, and like everybody at his school was there, and he was going to commit to Alabama, and he called Alabama, and they were like, yeah, you can't commit to us right now. We talked about this. I mean, this was it was it was really like giving a wedding proposal to a girl that was about to break up with you, and she was like, "Can we talk about this later?" You know. Um, but actually, uh, yeah. the closest thing that came to it. Do you remember, Luca? Uh, about five years ago, we signed. About five years ago, we signed a, a a junior college defensive tackle from California named Tavito Musuka. Oh yeah. Okay. It, th- this is really similar to that. Although Musica had slightly, slightly more recruiting interest than this kid, and I think Musica was a cousin of some big name Vita Vey. I think he was a cousin yeah, of Vita Vey. Right. Um, right. And I think that's the closest thing to this. Um, now that all aside, here comes the cheerleading part, and I didn't talk myself into this. this is just, these are just facts. All right, wait like, a minute before you go into cheerleading. That's yeah. how we do a segue, Jimmy. That's how we do a segue. Am you're I supposed to literally do cheers? Yeah, you're going to cheerlead in the next segment. But right now, I need to tell everybody about Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacays. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Throw them at your kids. See if they've got quick reflexes. Whatever you want to do, make sure everyone has a bar so that you're fueled for summer adventure. Because... You can't afford gas, so you gotta fuel up somehow. Um, all built bars and puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that built bar with built bars, you eat healthy and you can enjoy doing it. That's pretty awesome. And if that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mixed box. You can go to the mixed box 
and it comes with 12 different flavors and puffs of Built Bars and puffs. That's super cool. Most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, just by the way. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off that order. Go to Built.com for 15% off that order if you use promo code uh, locked 15. Locked, there you I'm putting my built bars up there. Look at that. Look at those built bars. Look how delicious they look. Go get you some. I'm, I'm looking at right now peanut butter brownie, raspberry, and coconut. Those are some flavors um, that everybody loves. So go check them out. Built.com. Use promo code locked 15. Jimmy, now it's time for you to be Captain Optimism. <laughs> push them back. Push them back. Way back. Um, no. These are facts. These aren't like, this isn't cheerleading. I mean, these are facts. First of all, the kid is literally ideally sized for the position. This isn't a 6'2", 210 pound tight end. I mean, this this kid is ideally sized. Second, we're signing him to be a block first tight end, right? And you're like, well, how much experience does he have being a block first tight end? Well, his real experience in high school is playing offensive tackle. And all they do is block first. That That's what they do. So this kid has extensive experience having the mindset of a block first guy. Third, tight end is a weird position. It's not like running back. It's not like receiver or pass rusher. And, and, and this is what I mean by that. I went After we got this guy, I went and looked just because I was curious, who are the top 10 tight ends alive today? And by that, I mean, who are the best 10 tight ends in the NFL right now? And uh, uh, I came up with that list and, and I looked and confirming my thoughts, uh, other than a couple of obvious exceptions, the vast majority of that list of the top 10 tight ends in the world were guys with recruiting stories similar to Miles Kitzelman. Th- these were not five-star top 100 recruits that signed with big-time programs uh, and then were three-and-done first-round picks. As a matter of fact, virtually none of them were. And, and, and I would just challenge anybody out there that's like, uh, oh, that's not true. You might be able to come up with one or two, but the standard NFL tight end was not a five-star, wasn't even a four-star, didn't go to Ohio State, didn't go to Clemson or Alabama, uh, and, and, and was basically an under-the-radar, lunch-pail, three-star guy. And, and so my, if Miles Kitzelman becomes a really good player and then a great player, while that will be surprising in so many respects, it won't be in others. This is the position where kids develop late in life into premier players at the spot. Uh, I mean, O.J. Howard was a five-star who was a four-and-done first-round pick at, at Alabama, but has he been one of the biggest stars in the NFL since he arrived? No, he's even on his second team. Uh, you know, I, I think in a, a, a real good – example of someone that disproves what I'm saying is maybe Mark Andrews with the Ravens. Uh, you know, he went to Oklahoma. He was a big time recruit. He went to Oklahoma and was great. He's gone to the NFL. He's great. That, that's like one guy. Uh, other than that, you're talking about TJ Hokinson from, from Iowa and, and Gasecki at Miami Dolphins. I don't even know where he went to college. Uh, Kyle Pitts at, at Florida, believe it or not, was not a five-star blue chipper. He, I, I think Florida was just as shocked as everyone else when he ended up being what, what he became, uh, Zach Ertz, uh, Travis now, Kelsey. Hey, Gronk was a four-star. Yeah, Gronk was a four-star at and signed with what, Arizona State? Arizona. No, Arizona. Arizona. And, and, and so, 
you know, again, not Ohio State, not Clemson. Not no, Georgia, but I, I think Gronk also wanted to go wherever he could party the most. I think. Uh, and and do you think he wrote on it? Yeah, on on his uh, interview, you think they said, "Boy, Arizona State, what 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 made you uh, sign here?" And he he just said literally, uh, "The girls gone wild series." Yeah, that, girls gone wild. I saw some girls gone wild, and and uh, that 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 guy, uh, he went to Arizona State, so I'm I'm going there. I've been pondering my major, and I think I would like to major in um, toplessness. Um, and, and he has, yeah, uh, not only in his gals, uh, literally, and by just not wearing a shirt whenever he's in public. Uh, but anyway, you're you're right. The NFL is, it is weird. That's probably the NFL tight end is probably as difficult to predict who will be a star, like college kickers. Like it seems like forever, um, you know, we'd, we'd get a college kicker and you go, this guy's terrible. And we really recruited the hell out of him. This guy that we literally picked up on the way to the game is kicking 50 yarders blindfolded. Um, so, right. yeah, it's it's there are a couple of positions. I mean, all of them is an inexact science, no matter which way you want to go. But I think tight end is even more so maybe because in the NFL, they are more uh, catch happy guys. I mean, Tony right. Gonzalez was a big recruit back in the day. I mean, I'm trying to think of some. Um, Gates, hey, Antonio, not, you know, Gates, Gates was a basketball. He was a basketball player, you know, in college. So was uh, uh, the, the New Orleans Saints uh, tight end guy uh, that played oh, for the Miami, Her- Miami basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, what's his name? Uh, oh, then he played for Green Bay. Uh, he, he played for Green Bay, Seattle, the Saints. Um, Jimmy yeah. Gray. That's it. Perfect. Yeah, he was a Miami basketball player. Uh, and this is why, Luke, uh, I mean, there is a reason for this. And that's simple if you know a lot about high school football. If, if you're in a high school football program and there's this kid in your program that is long and he's like 6'4 or 6'5 and he can really run and he's probably the best athlete on your team, the last place you're putting him is tight end. The yeah, last place. He's going to play wide receiver if you're sticking on offense, or or pass rusher on defense. But a 6'4", 6'5", 210-pound high school player who's going to be 240 in college and, and maintain that speed and athleticism, he ain't playing tight end anyway. Uh, and it, I, should I be, it should be noted, Jimmy, that he does have a teammate that is a badass. That we are Malik Benson is a, a guy right. that, uh, I mean, he released a, a top five that has Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Oregon, and Tennessee. I mean, that's pretty yeah. strong. He's right there um, at Hutchinson. And, um, you know, I, I boy, I guess, first of all, also, I would have found it just as weird if Alabama were going after this uh, wide receiver out of Hutchinson for next year. I'd be like, that's kind of odd to me. He must be a superstar. And then in, now that we got a tight end from there already, I find it doubly weird. Yeah, uh, wide receiver recruiting this year, it's not a great year for receivers. Uh, part of it is who Alabama's recruiting and who they're not recruiting and who they're in the running for. But see, Alabama just signed a huge receiver group, uh, and many of them were national top 100 players. And the way recruiting works is when you sign a big group the year before of all highly recruited guys, it's tough to go back to that same position group and do it all over again. I mean, it's really hard because they're like, dude, I know who Aaron Anderson is. I know who Kendrick Law is. I know who Shaz Preston is. You just signed those guys. They're not even on your team yet. Why am I going to sign there and sit behind all them? So 
I think it was going to be a weird recruiting year for Alabama wide receiver anyway, but uh, Alabama is in pretty good shape for Malik Benson, the number one junior college receiver in the country. And you're, you might be like, why would Alabama want a junior college receiver? Uh, I think with him, it's just a matter of just pure talent, whether he's junior college or in the portal, what does it matter? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and, and the portal is so much squashed in junior college recruiting. That was another reason it was so shocking to pick up a JUCO this week. It's like, oh, they didn't cancel junior college football when they invented the portal because well, why would you sign a junior college guy when you can get someone out of the portal? One last thing about the portal. Again, this might be hard for some to wrap their heads around, uh, but, but this is just a fact. Look, most kids are in the portal because they're looking to go someplace and play. They're not happy with their playing time where they were. So they jump in the portal. And if you're a tight end in the portal because you aren't happy about where you're playing and the team that calls you is Alabama, you probably hang up the phone before you ever have a conversation. And they're like, dude, I couldn't play at William and Mary. Why are you calling me Alabama? And, and worse, we're not. We might give some kid a line of bullshit and tell them, yeah, well, we're not so sold on Cam Latu. The, the kids aren't. They know we're returning a starting tight end in Latu. So anybody that we're going to the portal to get, we're literally telling them, uh, we kind of need a third tight end. Well, in, who in case to, everybody else dies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, who wants to hear that when they're in the portal? They're in the portal because they want to go someplace and play. So when people are like, why'd you go to junior college? Why didn't you just get somebody out of the portal? Well, it's not that easy to get, you know, we, we could get Tyler Steen out of the portal. We needed a starting left tackle. We needed a starting receiver in Burton. Ricks, Ricks could start for anyone anywhere. Playing time wasn't a thing for him. He'd beat out anybody. Uh, Jameer Gibbs was, a, was an All-American. Uh, but So those are all different situations than a kid who's, let's say, the second team tied end at uh, Oregon State. Uh, and he's like, you know, I'm second team here in this bullshit. I need to be the starter. He's not going to take Alabama's call. He's not going to go, I can't beat out the guy that's here at Oregon State. So I'm, you want me to come to Tuscaloosa and beat out Cam Latu, who's, who's a projected third and fourth round pick in every mock I see? So uh, it was that, that's why Alabama took Miles Kitzelman. Uh, the pickings were going to be pretty sparse. Uh, and, but, but I think when you look at Miles Kitzelman's whole life story here, we may have just stumbled ass backwards into uh, a wow kid. I mean, he has a unique story. I, I I can foresee this kid being pretty good. And I don't say that about lightly recruited guys. Uh, one last thing. I did the study at our old website, Crimson Country Club, where I showed mathematically over the years, if Alabama signs a, 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 a blue chip player, he's got like a 40% chance of becoming a star player in college. And if he was recruited by more than one SEC school by several SEC schools, but wasn't quite the bluest of chipper, but he, he was recruited by a lot of big schools. He's got like a 30% chance, but kids that were lightly recruited where Alabama was like their only SEC offer and they're lightly recruited. They only had a 10% chance of becoming a star player in college. So I'm a big believer in all that. I, I, I want to sign five stars. And if we can't get a five star, I want a four star. Miles is literally a zero star, uh, but <laughs> But, but he, he has a unique story. I, I'm not going to be stunned if he ends up good. Um, you kind of broke up there when you were saying, I'm not going to be stunned if he ends up good. And I think that's the yep. recruiting gods shooting you down. 
But <laughs> uh, all right, I got to tell everybody about Bet Online really quickly, Jimmy. And then uh, you know, we're, I'm going to call an audible when we come back. I want to talk about Bet Online really quickly. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league re- reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses which just happened this last weekend. You could have found that at BetOnline if you wanted to bet. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, um, I'm calling an audible because we need to make this last segment a little bit quicker than normal. Um, But Mike Leach, okay, came out. We had the Kentucky Derby. you know, slick Rick or right track or some, I can't even remember who won it, but some 80 to one long shot won it and kudos. Congratulations. I mean, that's kind of fun. I mean, I I was really thinking, I swear this, I'm sure everybody says this, but I swear before it really kicked off or they released the hounds or whatever you call it with the (laughs) starting gate. um, I really thought to myself, self, you should just go put 50 bucks on the longest shot just for the hell of it. But I, I, and and I didn't do it. I could have gone to bed online and done it and did it, but I didn't do it uh, because I was having dinner with my mother-in-law who turned seventy-five, and uh, so we were having this celebratory thing. And I didn't think about you it. One so, like five hundred, you to one. You say how much were you gonna bet? Fifty bucks. I would have won four grand. Yeah, that's nuts. I know. So, but I didn't do it because I'm an idiot, and um, doesn't matter. But I then I thought, okay, regardless, that's still pretty cool. And there was just a story on NBC News about a guy who did put. Uh, you know, a hundred bucks on it when it was something or 50 bucks on it when it was maybe a little higher odds and won six grand, something like that. Well, Mike Leach has come out with a tweet and said, you know, Mississippi state head coach, Mike Leach has come out and said, well, this is why we need to expand the playoffs in football because the 80 to one shot might just screw around and win. And I thought I can't, I can't even deal with how much I hate that statement. Nobody is saying that if you put that many teams in if you put 80 teams in the playoff nobody is saying number 76 can't win it they could they could win it what we're saying is they're not 80 teams that deserve it that's all we're saying i have no idea if this horse deserved to be there apparently this horse like just took a taxi there that afternoon like he showed up on saturday but and I don't know how how the horse racing industry does it. I don't know how you figure out who gets in the in the gates to begin with. I have no idea, and I don't care because I'm not in horse racing. What I am is a college football fan, so I do, I do care that if a team goes six and six, Mike Leach thinks, well, let's give them a shot at the title. No, 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 Mike. I, I I appreciate your being in this conference because you do add some color. You won't be here very much longer, probably, because your your system is a little outdated for this particular uh, conference. Now, I think the SEC has caught up well, and I think that that has been proven time and time again so far. However, I do like your personality. I think you're a ton of fun, and I usually uh, like listening to interviews. But when I hear stuff like this and you tweet stuff like this, to me, it's dangerous because it riles up the masses. And they don't think like, hey, wait a minute, this could really affect everything. And do we want a playoff system that lasts 12 weeks and a regular season that lasts three weeks? No, we don't. Yeah, Alabama beat Mississippi State uh, 49 to 9, I think, this past year. 
49 to nine. And I, I know fans from around the country that aren't Alabama or Ohio state fans or Clemson fans are frustrated uh, because they say they see the same teams in the playoff year after year, ignoring the fact that it's not the same teams. As a matter of fact, pretty rich that we'd be talking about this coming off a year in which a freaking group of five team made the playoff field along with Michigan, a first time participant uh, that was invited. I mean, now we're complaining that, that the playoff is, is only accessible by three teams uh, the year after we have Cincinnati in and Michigan in. And Georgia's uh, only second time. Correct. Correct. And, and, and Clemson, you know, was lucky to finish in the top 15 and Michigan beat the Ohio State team that is in every year, even though they're not in every year. Uh, look, you know, I said this on Twitter, and I know people think I, I'm just going too far. With it, but it's what I mean. When Mike Leach said the words that he said, it just comes out to me saying it's not fair that y'all never invite seven and five teams. What y'all discriminate against? Yeah. You only invite thirteen and O teams and twelve and one teams, and it's not fair that the seven and five teams and six and six teams don't get invited. And I'm like, what the hell kind of participation trophy is that shit? Because th that's, that's an absurd, you know, the NFL, you can get in in a bad record because they make the rules before the season, you know, in terms of if you win your division or, or you have among the three best records of teams that don't win your division, then you, there's, there's this set thing that you have to, to do to get in. Uh, you can't just decide when the regular season's over. You're like, you know what? I, I know Detroit only won three games, but they won three of their last six, and we sort of like them. And, boy, it would be awesome. They're going to be 80-1. to one. Wouldn't it be fun if we put them in against the Chiefs? No, they don't. They don't do this in any sport, Mike Leach. And it's just crazy. Again, it's why isn't my 7-5 and five team in? Well, you played Alabama, and you lost by six touchdowns. I mean, it is it is so true it's so funny the guy who lost by 40 points is bitching i don't get it yeah. i mean I, I just don't i don't i don't get it he anyway. also, didn't, they, didn't they lose to memphis in the bowl game i think they, they lost to memphis in september they, oh, they did lose to memphis in september yeah they yeah, did lose just, they, just yeah. win your games mike and shut i mean that that i i, I I'm, I'm just not a fan. I, Here's I think the irony. Here's the irony that, that really should – every Mississippi State fan should listen to this and go, oh, yeah. Y'all were in the first college football playoff projection. Do you remember that? It was Ole Miss and Auburn and Mississippi State, and I can't remember who the other one was. It's like they trying to remember first, the three tenors. They were, they were number one in the country the week that the very first college football playoff rankings were ever released. So it can be done, Mississippi State. They just didn't you know, do it. And, and you know why they were number one? Because they had won all their games. Correct, Mundo. Yes. That's, that that's unique. You act like they act like they had no shot. They come to Bryant Denny in the in the throes of November with yep. a shot. With a yep. shot. With Dak Prescott, their best team they've ever had. We didn't and exactly they blow them out of the building either. We didn't they blow that team out of the building. It was somewhat competitive. So, all right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you again for making us the first place you listen to when it comes to Alabama. We passed 10,000, I mean, 10,000, yeah, let's pass 10,000 subscribers. We that's passed 1,000 subscribers. So let's get to 10,000. That's our next goal. We go from 1,000 to uh, 100,000. We're going 100,000 subscribers. Get no to work, people. No different than Mike Leach. <laughs> Leach, I, Leach would say the same thing. 
All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.